Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody. Your notes. Awesome. Hey, um, okay, so today we are entering into the third week of Lent. Now you might be wondering, why have we not talked about Lent at H2O? Well, it just kind of worked that way. You know, we had spring break this year, and then last week we had a missionary um, who was really blessed to be with you guys. And I, I trust that this family really blessed you as well. The Doak family are ministering to the blind. Um, and it's really cool, wasn't it, to hear her stories? Their influence is not just in Michigan now, it's going to the ends of the earth. And uh, what a great and powerful ministry they have to help the blind. And so I just, I thought it was really a really God thing. Is this not working? Nope. <clears throat> so I have no battery for you. That would be on the well, there, there, there. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I was like, surely he took mine. I don't need that. Uh, I'm so loud you can probably hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I don't even need this. Um, but uh, yeah, so last, last week we had the missionaries, and, and it just so happened that today is going to kind of be our H2O introduction to Lent, um, even though we're starting the third week of it. And um, Really, this is the next few weeks are going to be a time for us to really join with Christians around the world, preparing our hearts to focus upon the cross of Jesus Christ. This is building up to that terrible day that we call Good Friday, where Christ was crucified. And we call it good, of course, because he was crucified for our sins. And so Lent is the time for us to, um, to really focus intently upon this. Now, many Christians celebrate Easter, and many Christians celebrate Good Friday, but unfortunately many Christians miss out on this incredible opportunity we call Lent, which is a, a time for us to have a, a really poignant and deep focus upon the cross of Jesus Christ, and really entering into his cross and his suffering. And there are many spiritual disciplines that we can uh, practice during Lent, but this morning I want to focus on two of them. All right, so we're just going to look at two primarily. And that is confession of sin and repentance of sin. So if you wanted to have a nice, light, easy message, sorry. Uh, today we're going to talk about confession and we're going to talk about repentance, which are really key components of Lent, uh, especially when we think of what our Lord did for us. This is our opportunity to enter into that through our own confession and repentance. But let's open with prayer, and uh, we're going to jump in. So join with me, would you? Let's, let's pray. Father, we, we just stand in gratitude and uh, in humility. We say thank you for sending Jesus Christ. Thank you for the cross that we are able to focus upon throughout the year, but especially during Lent, to single-mindedly pursue the cross. And God, as I speak today about confession and repentance, I ask that your Holy Spirit will work through me. I pray that your Holy Spirit will prepare hearts, and we just give you this time. We ask that you will guide and direct us, and that you'll meet with us in a really profound way. And we ask this in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, 
Confession and repentance. Let's start with confession. What, what is confession? I mean, here's a basic definition of confession. The admission and the acknowledgement of our sin. Not complicated, but it, it's not easy, but it's not complicated to know what it is. So what is confession? It is the admission and the acknowledgement of sin. You know, James chapter 5, verse 16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Now, not only do we confess our sins to God, but we confess our sins to one another. I'm going to talk about this later this morning. So I'm just going to kind of put that out there right now. We're going to get back into that later. But I want to really camp out in one of my favorite passages this morning about confession of sin, and that is 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Just an amazing passage about confession of sin, and not just confessing, but how to, how to live a life of confession. Because confession of sin is not just a singular event. It's a lifestyle. It, it is, it is, a, it is a, a walk, as you will see, that John talks about. So let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. He says this, This is the message we have heard from him, and we announce to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. As I said earlier, confession of sin is not a singular event, it's a lifestyle. And what the Bible calls this is walking in the light. So this morning I want to talk to you about the difference between walking in darkness and walking in the light. What is the difference? How do we walk in the light? And confession of sin is really key to this. A lot of Christians have a, a misinterpretation of 1 John chapter 1, what I just read to you. And so I want to dispel these misconceptions and these false interpretations. Walking in the light does not mean you're walking in perfection. And very often when I talk to people about this subject, they think that if, if I'm walking in perfection, if I'm walking in life without any sin, that's walking in the light. And if I sin, I'm now walking in darkness. Let me expand on what I mean by this. And I think this is a really dangerous misconception, a really dangerous false teaching, actually. What does it mean to actually walk in the light? What does it mean to be a man or woman that, that practices this? It means that we confess our sins. It doesn't mean that we are without sin. It, I mean, look at the scripture. John said that if we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar. 
So if we try to profess that we're perfect and we're not sinners, and man, I, I've already, I've, I've arrived. I'm already there. You know, you guys just got to be like me. Well, then I'm making God out to be a liar. So walking in the light is something very different than a walk of perfection. I'm not saying that we should not strive for perfection. I try to be more and more like Jesus. I want to improve. But I realize that I am not perfect yet. I am a sinner. So how do I walk in the light? By practicing confession. Let me give you an example here, really practical. We're going to talk about Bob and Harry. Bob is a new believer. Bob uh, came to Christ radically, and he really does have a genuine love for Jesus. He wants to be like Jesus, but he's only been a Christian for a few years. And he's really struggling with pornography. It was a sin in his life. It was embedded in him as a child. He came to Jesus. He wants to get out of it. But it's, it's hard. It's a battle, right? And so he finds himself stumbling. But when he stumbles and he sins, you know what he does? He comes to his brothers and he tells them. And he asks for prayer. Man, I screwed up. I'm sorry. I don't want to do this. I sinned against God. Pray for me. And his brothers go, man. Thanks for coming. We love you. We pray for you. Um, God's got this. It's not going to be easy, but God will give you the victory. Let's keep our eyes on Christ. And Bob stumbles five times in one week. But he comes every time to the light and confesses. Now, who's the other guy? Did I say Harry? <laughs> Harry. Let's talk about Harry. Harry's Harry. And um, Harry's been a Christian for a long time. 20-year Christian, and um, he doesn't look at pornography, so he feels he's really holy. But he does have an issue. He gossips. And uh, he likes to talk bad about people behind their back. And uh, Harry didn't look at any porn the whole week. When he, he was at work, he got caught up in it. He gossiped about somebody. And he said some negative things behind their back. It was wrong. But you know how he responded to that sin? He concealed it. He's not confessing it to his brothers in the church. He's not confessing it to God. He is keeping it deep, embedded in his soul, and he refuses to bring it to the light. Bob sinned five times in one week. And it was a bad sin. He shouldn't have looked at that. Harry only sinned once. Who's walking in the light? Who's, it's not a trick question. Who's walking in the light? Bob. Bob is walking in the light. And so I know this is a just a silly little simplistic example. And I don't share a simplistic example to try to insult your intelligence. I just want to make a point that you don't judge whether you're in the light by how often you sin, but how often you confess. When you sin, what is your response? You know, like, what I noticed in my spiritual maturity, and this was a great way that I knew I was growing in Jesus. The time between my sin and my confession over the years was shrinking. And that's how you measure spiritual maturity. When, if you sin in point A, and point B is confession, and point B is 10 years, oh man, let me tell you, that's going to be a long 10 years of harboring that cancer in your soul. 
harboring that, unwilling to bring it to the light, unwilling to talk about it. But then you, as you grow in Jesus, that goes to nine years and eight and seven. And eventually, your heart becomes so tender that when you sin, immediately there's remorse. And the first thought is, I need to confess this. Now, hear me on this. You don't go into sin thinking, I'm going to sin and enjoy it and then confess. As if playing a game with God. Does that make sense? As if God doesn't know. Hey, I got it. I'm going to go sin, but I know I'm supposed to confess it. So what I'll do is I'll sin, I'll enjoy it, and then I'll pretend that I'm really sorry, and I'll confess it, and God will forgive me. You know, and, okay, he knows your heart, he knows my heart, he knows us. He knows the games we play. I'm talking about a genuine contrition, a genuine sorrow, right? I sin, and I feel bad about this, and, and instead of going a year, now I, I have trouble going one minute. Why, what's happening? Your heart is becoming soft as you're walking the light. You're walking as Jesus wants you to walk. You're softening. You're learning how to confess. Um, this example that I shared with you of Bob and Harry that I gave is really just simple. There's other simple scenarios too. How about different gradients of sin? Um, let's say that you can rank all the sins from a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being... The worst sin in the world, one being a very minor offense. If a person commits a number one, are they walking in the light more than somebody that commits a number seven? No. Because you're not walking in the light based on how uh, minor your sin is. You walk in the light based on how much you confess that sin. That's what brings you into the light. This is the whole passage in 1 John, is it not? We don't claim to be without sin. We confess our sin, and then God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Walking in sin is walking in confession. And this has always been how I've attempted to live my life. And listen, guys, I, this is the culture we have in H2O. We don't have an expectation for our core leaders to be perfect. That's not what we're looking for. Our expectation is honesty. Will you walk in the light? I, I, I mean, I have tremendous grace for people that confess sin, no matter what the sin is. And you know why that is? Because God has had tremendous grace for me. Believe me, I've had a lot of sins in my life, terrible things I've done. And my Lord has been merciful to me. When I confess my sins, he's merciful. My brothers in the church have been merciful to me. They accept, accepted me when I confessed my sin. And so we want a culture in our core groups that there's not an expectation you have to be perfect, but there is an expectation that we'll be transparent. Does that make sense? We'll be honest. If we sin, we'll confess. And people aren't going to go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. You're not perfect. No, they're going to say, thanks for sharing that. Let's pray. Let's come into the presence of God together and let Jesus cleanse us by his blood of our sin. Now, confession of sin is essential, but it doesn't stop there. And so this morning I want to talk with you about repentance. So um, confession, number one, during Lent we want to practice. The second uh, practice is repentance. Well, what is repentance? Turning away from sin disobedience or rebellion, 
and turning back to God. The Greek, uh, the Greek word for repentance is very interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a conjunction of meta, which meta means change, right? So think of some, what are some English words we get from the Greek word meta? Metamorphosis, right? So meta, change, uh, morphe means body or form. So metamorphosis is a change of form, a change of body. Um, it's got to be some more, right? I, I like to wake you guys up. I kind of challenge you guys, the brainiacs. What's another meta word we have? What was it? It's a, it's just a chemistry word. It's okay. Oh, it's a chemistry word. That'll be over my head. Um, but uh, so metamorphosis is one we get from it. Now here we have this interesting word, meta, and then repentance is is also included with the word for knowledge. I don't know how to say it, but we just pronounce it noia. Meta noia. That's how you say it in English, but. So the word repentance, if you literally break it down, it's a change of your mind. It's a change of knowledge. It's a change of thinking. So I, I don't think about this sin the way I used to. It's, it's, it's a turning from it, like a meta. I, I turn from it. It's not just that I bring it to the light and I confess it, but I change my mind. You could even go a little farther and say we change our life. We, we stop that. We turn. So repentance is that turning. Okay? It's the, the turning from it and turning towards God. We run away from the sin. We run towards the cross of Christ. Now, it very often includes a godly sorrow for sin. Very often when I have confessed sin, I've felt a sorrow for it, sorrow even to the point at times of, of tears. But I want you to understand that, that repentance is not a feeling. You can repent without a feeling. It's a change in mind. It's a decision of the will. I turn from it. I'm, I'm repenting from this, right? Uh, so there's a great passage in the New Testament that talks about repentance. And that is Acts chapter 3, verse 19. This is when the Apostle Peter is preaching. Look what he says about repentance. He says, therefore, repent and return. So let's just stop there. You notice that? Interesting, isn't it? How he uses those words, repent and return. Why is that? Because when we are sinning, we're walking away from God. And the repentance... Is, is a, you stop, you repent, and you return to him, right? So I turn my back on God, I'm work, walking away, I confess, and then I repent. It's a turning, and I return to God. You understand that? It's a repentance and a returning to that one from whom you left. It's a returning. It'd be like a man that left his wife, and, and, he, and he, he had the intention to leave her, but he came to repentance, and then he would, true repentance would not just be saying, boy, I shouldn't have done that, I'm sorry. It's a returning back to his bride, right? That's what repentance is. So, Jesus, or, so Peter says, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
Repentance leads to refreshing. Man, people carry sins to the grave. People carry hidden sins for 10, 20, 30 years, sometimes 50, 60, 70 years. Conceal, they conceal, and it grows like a poison, like a cancer in your soul. And if you will confess and repent, what does Peter say happens? Times of refreshing. Oh man, I have experienced those refreshing times, and they are amazing. So, like, so as we look at Lent, we're coming to Lent. Think of Lent as kind of this season of repentance, focusing on the cross of Christ, building up to Good Friday, when we enter into that cross, into that suffering, remembering what our Lord did. But then what comes on Sunday? The refreshing. Easter Sunday. When the, the grave is conquered, when the devil is destroyed, when our Lord is raised from the dead. And so Sunday, that great Easter Sunday, is our time of refreshing, time of joy. You'll notice in H2O, our Easter service is upbeat. It's exciting because it is Easter Sunday. Now, um, I remember, I got an example from my life because, hey, we can just pick on me since I'm preaching. So I'll be a living example of a time when I had to confess and uh, repent of a sin I had committed, which was, uh, it did include godly sorrow. And as I said, it's not always, uh, you don't always have to have an emotion, but this one did. Um, so this is when I was a new believer, uh, probably 19, and I had just been converted to Christ. Uh, and of course I've been living my life in the world, that's all I knew and the Holy Spirit began to work in me and one of the things he put in me was a desire for purity uh, in my speech, in my behavior in my relationship with women and just to put this desire in me to be pure I'm like, what is this? This is weird it wasn't who I was before and now I wanted to be pure and, uh, and I was trying I really was, but I had went out with, with the wrong group, and uh, I fell back into my old ways, and we got drunk, and I uh, had a sexual, a sexually immoral encounter with a woman, and uh, I just came home that night, and I felt terrible. I'll never forget, I, I knelt by my bed to pray, and I was wearing a chain with a cross, and I remember I could still feel it on my chest. And it just elicited so much sorrow in me as I, I held it in my hand. And I realized what I had done, how I had sinned against my Lord. And so this thing just was just, I had to get it out. And um, I was like, I got to confess it. And I wanted to find a spiritual leader to confess it to. So I was on camp. This is when I was a Bronco. Little known fact, I was a Bronco. I know. So, arch enemy of the Chippewas. So I was at Western Michigan University. I went there my freshman, sophomore year before I came to the University of Michigan as a junior and senior. And so, I found, uh, I was searching all over and I found this Catholic priest. And I said, I gotta, I gotta confess something to you. He was like, whoa, who's doing this? So I gotta confess. Um, I just had to get it out. 
And there's a little humor in this story because it's such a serious story. I hope that humor can lighten the mood a little bit. But it was a serious moment, but it also became a little comical. So I get along with this guy. I don't even know who he is. I've never seen him since. I said, I, I, I got to confess something. I, I committed a sin. And I, I came to Jesus recently, and I, I, I have to get this off my chest. Right? I was. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Here I am as a young man, and I just need to get it out. I can't hold this in. I can't lie. What did you do? I said, I committed adultery. I didn't know what adultery was. So I had read in the scriptures that if Jesus said, if a man looks at a woman with lust in his eyes, he's committed adultery with her in his heart. And I did more than just looking. And so I thought, I've committed adultery. I thought adultery was just any sexual sin whatsoever. It was adultery. So I said, I committed adultery. And he, I remember he looked at me. He said, you, you committed adultery. He said, do you know what adultery is? You were with a married, are you married? I said, no, I'm not married. I'm like, I don't even shake. You know, 19. Uh, he said, you were with a married woman. I said, no, no, she's not married. That, that's strange. And, uh, so he said, well, you committed what, what is called fornication. That, that's what the church calls fornication. You didn't commit adultery. Adultery is if you're with a married woman. I said, oh, no, I didn't do that. So then I fornicated. I need you to forgive me for that. So, um, but listen, so, you know, I told you it's a little lighthearted, but it obviously was very hard for me to do that. Well, why, why did I do that? And I, I don't share that story to, like, brag or anything. Obviously, of course, I'm not bragging. Um, but to make, I, I don't share that story to make it seem like I'm so holy. I wanted to demonstrate to you that when the Holy Spirit is working in you, you you want to confess. You don't want to live in darkness anymore. We want to walk in the light, in the light, right? Sin works in darkness. Sin loves that place of darkness and ambiguity and shadows. But the Holy Spirit lives in the light. And when we confess and repent, we return to God in those times of refreshing. Now, Joel, I'm going to close with this, and then we'll go into a time of prayer and, and worship. Joel chapter 2. What an amazing passage. We have the band come on up. Um, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments, now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of evil. This is, Lent is the season for us to, to live out Joel chapter 2. Let's, let's return to the Lord with confession, with repentance, with humility. Let's come I, I love holidays like this because it it helps me to um, to really pursue what I should be pursuing with a singular focus. The world just pulls me in so many directions. I don't know if anybody else is like that, right? There's so many pulls, studies and responsibilities and job and family and kids and all of this. And during Lent, it is it is a it's like a it's like if you got a big athletic event coming up, 
you got to take like a month of focus to get ready for that, right? If you want to do well, you got to focus. Lent is the time to focus. It's a time to say, I'm going to resist the pull of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride. I'm going to resist it. Now, of course, we're supposed to do it every day, but this is a focus, man. I've got a month to go after God. And that's what we want to kick off today. We want to take some time to worship the Lord. Amen. Can we do that? Let's, let's lift him up. He is worthy. He has conquered sin on the cross. He's destroyed the grave. And he is ready for us to return. He's, he's waiting for you to return. So let's, uh, let's do that. We stand together. And uh, I want to close in prayer. And I'm going to go into a time of worship. Full disclosure, I didn't share this message because I want this to be like this time of public confession of sin. It's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. I just want you to come to a place where you're able to confess and walk in repentance. If that's you and you want to repent, do it today. If you want to come to the front and kneel, come to the altar, stand here, sit. If you want someone to pray with you, we're here to do that. Uh, but no pressure, just let's let's seek God. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's welcome him. Lord, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome. You see all the sins. We're not hiding anything. We think we are, but we're not. Lord, I pray that this morning we'll stop. Just as Adam and Eve were hiding the very first sin. Our grandma and our grandma first thing they did is they hid come out of hiding today come out of the shadows even as the Lord came to them where are you he knew where they were he knows where you are even as they had to come to him like physically come to him naked you have to come to him spiritually naked and say here I am forgive me of my sin I'm done hiding I'm done running in the shadows. As we come to worship, let's bring everything we have and everything we are in total confession. And Lord, we welcome you now. We ask this in Christ's name.